A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. DJ Manny. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading up word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The Jordan, the journalist. The GOAT, so why ask? Watch out. If he wrote about it, if he naming them, Scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoopy. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio in the ice cream parlor across the country on your aux cord. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram, Scoop underscore B, Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to Scoop B Radio on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. And make sure that when you subscribe to Scoop B Radio on iTunes, you subscribe, rate, and review. We love the comments. We love the feedback. This episode of Scoop B Radio is brought to you by Wooter Apparel. Use the promo code SNOOP. That's S-N-O-O-P. You can save 20% on your first purchase. Make sure to check out Scoop B Radio and Scoop B Branded Apparel. Use that promo code to purchase that. And you'll like some of the things you see, hoodies, T-shirts, and a multitude of other things. This episode of Scoop B Radio features... Scoop Rising Radio. Louisiana rapper Wochi. We talked about life, we talked about his journey and everything else. So enough out of me, DJ Maniel, producer of Scoopy Radio. Cue the tape in five, four, three, two, one. It's Squilly, y'all. Lay some treats on us. I listen to Scooby Radio. Why Wochi? I mean, it's just like, I think it's like just terminology, like that evolved over a period of time. Like, how y'all seen, I mean, Sun and B, you know what I'm saying, in New York, we see like, whoa, like, you know what I'm saying? What's your name again? Brandon. Brandon, like, we used to introduce each other back, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, whoa, Brandon? You know what I'm saying? That mean, like, hey, Brandon, what's up, Brandon, blah, blah, blah. So my name was already Wild Child, you know what I'm saying, from a previous group I was in. 
and I just really wanted to distance myself from that because I went solo, and it was just always like, whoa, what's up, wild child, whoa, you know what I'm saying? And it just evolved into whoa, like, you know? And I just ran with it and kept it. Um, you have dropped a lot of mixtapes. Um, in today's day and age, mixtapes give you validity, but albums are kind of like a second thought in some respects. Do you, being a guy from the South, do you subscribe to that theory? What do you think? I honestly be taking it all the same. Really? Why? Because mixtapes to me, first mixtape was rapping on other people's beats. To me, that's what I thought a mixtape was, where I'm from in, in the South. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe y'all mixtapes was always on original beats, but to me, a mixtape was just taking an instrumental, rapping on it, like Wayne do with the dedication, blah, 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 and then you get that out for free. And then it just got to the point to where niggas just started getting beats, and then producers started putting beats on YouTube for the low. You could lease them for $20, you know what I'm saying? But it's still an original beat, and then you would just get it, go in the studio, record it. And then you call that a mixtape, you know what I'm saying? I felt like an album. I don't know. I look at all my mixtapes like albums too, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think the process is different with me when I do a mixtape and when I do an album. How does one that's an artist make money off a mixtape solely? Well, like I said, to me, with the mixtapes I do, they, they all go on iTunes, they all go on Spotify, they all original beats, I lease them all, you know what I'm saying, for the producers that I get on all these little, you know what I'm saying, beat websites and shit, so, like all the beats, I got the right to put them on iTunes and Spotify, you know what I'm saying, up to a certain amount of copies that I sell, but I get the right to, you know what I'm saying, make money from them and shows. Like if one of the songs get hot, then I get book a show from it. It's not gonna be on the instrumentals on the original beat, so it's like, you know, I'm still getting paid from it. Why is Indy the new major? I mean, because I feel like it's more, it's more consumer driven. Like, I think it's more to the people now, you know what I'm saying? They pick what's hot. I don't say what's hot, but they just, like, you could tell because everything is streaming, everything is on your phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I put out a song on my Instagram, and that bitch get 10,000 views, as opposed to another song that I had my heart attached to that I wanted to be the single, and they get 500 views, and I know damn well I need to push this song, because it organically got this more views, so they more, you know what I'm saying, receptive to this song, you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like it's more into artist control, you know what I'm saying, than my record label's control, but I still feel like record labels still play a big part in the nigga career, depending on where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? I remember I was watching a documentary one time and um and talked it was a Jay it was a, it was a documentary about Jay Z and it talked about how Jay watched LL. LL at that time was the kind of the prototype to that era's artist. You know, he was signed to Def Jam, he was taking his shirt off, he was, you know, he was getting booked everywhere doing this and that. Comparatively, Jay had to distribute, did, he might at that point when they were talking about the documentary the, the distribution deal, but he watched LL's moves. I want to bore you, but I guess my, my question is, Jay wanted to be LL, but LL wished he had Jay swag. For you, how do you decide, do you and your group decipher the difference between a guy that's on a label versus the guy that's the indie? Like, what would somebody like in your lane desire to be? 
I honestly would like to be with a label only because I feel like the type of music I make is that type of music that will last for a long ass time and I feel like I need a machine to push it. Like I feel like I make big records, like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like I really can't, you know what I'm saying, service them like I want, like I would want to if I was independent, unless I had the right team, you know what I'm saying, and the right amount, you know what I'm saying, the right budget behind me. And I just feel like, you know, I would need to be with a label, you know what I'm saying, to service the records that I got. Is indie frustrating? Yeah. But being with a label, I think it's frustrating too. I think the music industry is frustrating too. You know, just, I don't know, man. I think, um, I think years ago, everybody wanted the 360 deal. Everybody wanted to be on a label. But it's funny that everybody wants to be indie, and that's how Jay started. Mm -hmm. But then I think the imprint you know, that people want to have is the fact that they can call their own shots and be their own boss mm -hmm. in the way that Jay did, guys like Baby did, you know, in your, in your negative way, Louisiana, cash money, you know, I mean. I feel like if you sign with a label, you still could be a boss, you know what I'm saying, per se. Like, you know what I'm saying, because I feel like they're giving more artists more control of what's going on, like, you know what I'm saying, they're not trying to make artists look a certain way no more and feeling like they gotta do this and make this type of music. I feel like they just letting artists be artists, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care if you have pink and they don't care if you pierce your nose a million times and because they know that's what people are looking at now, like they letting more people just be them. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you still could be a boss with a record label. I would like to be with a record label, like I said before, for, you know what I'm saying, the machine part of it, but also to learn, like, you know what I'm saying? I would like to just get that experience, you know what I'm saying, and really soak up, you know what I'm saying, a lot of that knowledge. And then, you know what I'm saying, once I get developed as a, you know what I'm saying, a notable artist and know how to run a record label properly and know how to service records properly, then go open up, you know what I'm saying, a music label and sign other artists. But to me, I don't feel like I could do that right now because it wouldn't be fair to another artist because I wouldn't be the... I don't have the knowledge to run a successful record label, and you know what I'm saying, and really, because I'm still trying to brand myself and push myself, so I wouldn't even take another person's project and act like I'm about to do this and do that when I still, I'm not knowledgeable of certain things that I want to learn, you know what I'm saying, and I want to grow. So I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I'd rather sign with a label first as opposed to being independent, just so I could, you know, get some experience under my wing. Surely, I, um, Louisiana to me is rich in, in, in talent, you know, rich in, history um you know even on the sports side you got the the uh the Orleans saints who won some chips you've got mm -hmm. the pelicans and anthony davis and Booker cousins but then you know you have a certain group called cash money mm -hmm. and a certain group called no limit that kind of uh changed the landscape of, of culture um in music you know a person like yourself who is from louisiana how if how, how influential like in new york everybody want to be like puff or jay or Biggie, or Big Pun. In the state of Louisiana, how influential for you growing up were, were all those guys that, that I mentioned? Well, to me, they was very, like, influential just because of what they'd done, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was moving so much, you know what I'm saying, independently, that they ain't feel like they need a label, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like, I felt like they was just doing so much. And you gotta understand, like, to come where we come from, 
and to really tell a big label like to basically go fuck yourself we don't need y'all I think that's take cuts and you know what I'm saying nuts and like I said that just remind me of a Louisiana nigga like a person just coming and telling you like look man you need us we don't need you and he'll be like nah nigga we don't need you we rather just stay doing what we do you know what I'm saying if we sell 50,000 independent we not tripping yeah we can go sell tens and millions with y'all but like if it's still not a fair deal or if it's still not something that we want to do we not doing it fuck the 10 millions I could sell I'd rather sell these 50,000 like Master P said, he'd rather sell a hundred thousand movies at nineteen ninety nine as opposed to, you know what I'm saying, going to sell a million movies with somebody else and he getting two dollars on it. You know what I'm saying? Like he just uh, make more money. You hold you know the saying? profit for yourself and you ain't gotta split it seventy five percent to your twenty five percent. Yeah, and that's what I just liked it about the Louisiana nigga, cause they knew like they could have blew an opportunity by all these big record labels coming into, you know what I'm saying, they domain and be like, look, man, y'all need us. And they was like, fuck no, we don't need y'all. We're not even really tripping. Like, this is the way it's going to go. This is the way you need to be. Or we're not fucking with it. And they kind of made the, the distributors and everybody else, like, think twice. And we're like, well, look, man, you know what I'm saying? Well, just give us 20% or 30% as opposed to us getting 70 and y'all getting 30. Like, I just liked it that, you know what I'm saying? That was very, like, with it to me, man. I'm curious. Um, <clears throat> I often have conversations with people about the economic collapse in 2008, and you know, kind of the impact that it had on industry. As a journalist, it definitely had an impact on my industry, um, and I know it definitely had an impact on the entertainment industry. Do you think that that thought process that you have um, became more widespread after? The economic collapse because I feel like I, I don't remember hearing so many rappers aspiring to be independent until Obama was in office. What do you do? Do you do you when did you begin to see that shift as far as artists wanting to be independent? I don't think it had nothing to do with the economic thing, I don't think it more was the people I was close to, like the cash money's and the no limits and the rapper lots and the the dealers and the you know what I'm saying. The, like them, like, you know what I'm saying? They was doing it way before the economic thing came and all that, so it was just like, fuck it, them nigga could do it, then shit, why not? But like I said, like, I know I didn't have what it took, like Master P, like the big, you know what I'm saying, per se drug money or whatever money that they had to push their music or the cash monies and to stay independent. I never really had just that big budget and that big team to stay independent, you know what I'm saying, like I would want to. Like, if I had the hundreds of thousands, you know what I'm saying, to put behind my own music without having to reach out, you know what I'm saying, to somebody else, I would, but I never did. So, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, I always didn't want to just be part of a machine, man, because I felt like I I didn't really want to be like the person who just say, well, let me sell my 50,000 within Louisiana, and I'm cool with that. Nah, I always wanted to be like, I want the world to feel me. I want people in Japan to hear my shit. I want people in Canada to hear my shit. I want people in New York to hear my shit. And I knew as an independent artist, it probably would have happened, but I didn't have the time and the patience to do like the Master P route and do it out the trunk for 10 years or, you know what I'm saying? Just do it that independent route for that long. Cause I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I already was like, you know what I'm saying? A decent age in my life and I was like, nah. I think that trunk era is gone. Yeah. You know, that, that, that everything is digital now. Yeah, it is. You know, and I think you saw that impact with guys like Fetty Wap, yeah. um, you know, Trap Queen, even the Cat in New Orleans, or 
Louisiana, you know, could, could yeah. relate to Trap Queen, you know, that yeah. queen that held you down. Um, and I think that, you know, after the whole Trunk era, you know, guys sound like the Trunk, like, like uh, Master P and J, you know, then you had the mixtape era with guys like 50, Joe Budden, and, you know, that era is going. Then you yeah. went to the MySpace era. Now it's the SoundCloud era. Mm-hmm. That being said, how do you set yourself apart from other from your peers? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just set myself up, set myself aside from niggas. I just beat me. Like if you would listen to my music, like you know it's organic and as authentic as it can be. Like I'm not portraying to be something I ain't. Like you know what I'm saying to sell a record. Like I ain't just talk about a bunch of gun toting and a bunch of. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause people that's from my area would know, man, what you mean? Never used to be on no corner slinging no pistol and, you know what I'm saying, doing all that shit. So it's more respect with me and it's just more like, yeah, man, that nigga really speaking some real shit. He really was a clown. He really was nasty. Cause I really grew up listening to two live crew and, you know what I'm saying? Like he really was like that, you know what I'm saying? So that upset me aside, you know what I'm saying? Oh, from a lot of people and my shit has stuff too. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a whole lot of shit, not on no lyricist type shit, but it's still some shit that has, you can understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It has some substance and it jam. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that sets me alone just right then and there. Because a lot of people, you don't understand what they're saying. I just like it because I be high, drunk half the time, and it sounds good, but I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? The little dude, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I'm listening to the song, I liked in the song, but he's like, I just want to roll it with a dab of ranch, and in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, I don't get it, is it, that's what he's saying? I want to roll it, roll it with a dab of ranch? I'm thinking about either a Rolex watch, dipping it in ranch dressing, yeah. or I'm thinking about fruit roll-ups dipping it in ranch dressing, like, what you talking about? Yeah, I don't get it, but Man. it sounds good, because half of the time I'm in the club, I'm drinking, I'm smoking, and they playing it, and they play so much on the radio to where you start lacking it, but at the end of the day, you're like, I don't get it. What the hell are they talking about? Like, I don't get it, like, you know what I'm saying? Much love to them, but I don't get it, like, you know what I'm saying? That ain't show ever. No, bro, <laughs> at all. And I think that's what just sets me aside from that, like, just bringing some good music, good refreshing music back to the game. Like, I got flown out to New York probably about five years ago, four years ago, with Mark Pitts and he was running the uh, Jive Records. And that was one thing that he did say. He was like, man, you got some good refreshing music, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he was fighting to get me a deal over that job, but then uh, Memphis Hits had brought in the Stanky League record. I think those dudes from Dallas. Yeah. And they was all in the office, you know what I'm saying? And we was going back and forth to cancel my flight. And then at the end of the day, Mark was like, man, you know, just go back, you know what I'm saying? It ain't the end of the road, go back, you know what I'm saying? Keep making some more music, but this is what I need you to do. And this was like four or five years ago. They seen where music was going. He was like, get you a little flip video. Start recording yourself everywhere you go because we love your accent. You know, so we love your personality. And that's where music is going. It's gonna be going viral. It's gonna be going digital to MySpace and Instagram and Twitter and, you know what I'm saying? And like, I wasn't even on that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that was one reason why I didn't get the deal because they went on YouTube Stanky Lake probably had 7 million views. And then when you type in Wuchi on YouTube, I didn't have no YouTube, I didn't have no visuals, I didn't have nothing, you know what I'm saying? So they was like, look, brother, 
like just go back, man, because this is where music is going, man. Everything is going viral and digital. And just start recording yourself every day, like, and just start putting shit on YouTube, and you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So I kind of, well, I ain't gonna say I foreseen it, but they foreseen it, and they made me go back and do my homework and continue to make music, but also, like, do the visual part of it, man. And just, like, you gotta get on that fucking internet, man, that computer, man. Because everybody just on phone savvy and computer savvy to where they just, it's just like if you notice, man, like the, the, the world star hip hop www.com, you know what I'm saying? And the app is two different things, man. I feel like more people is on the actual like app, you know what I'm saying? Like my mixtape app, the live mixtape app, everything is just like from their phone. A lot of people are still on the computer, but I just think that everybody just on their damn phone with the Spotify's and the, you know what I'm saying, the streaming and then, you know what I'm saying, like everybody just on their damn phone, man. My follow up question to that. I think I'm done. Um, you talked about um, your craft. You talked about, you know, you know those guys on YouTube. And I feel like in today's day and age, rappers have other aspirations. And I feel like in a lot of respects, hip-hop ain't making money, but what people do after hip-hop is what make them money. Direct question. What else besides hip-hop? Do I have to offer? Yes. I'm a good cook. And it's I feel like, yeah, I'm a good, great cook. Uh-huh. And I got my own seasoning right now. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I got a seasoning. Because, like, where we from, I mean, it's all over, but, you know what I'm saying, it's very high, like, where we from with black people with diabetes and high blood pressure mm-hmm. because of the stuff we eat, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know what I'm saying, just all the stuff I was talking about earlier, what we eat. And uh, black pepper is not a good thing for us. Salt is not a good thing for us. I actually have, you know what I'm saying, type two borderline diabetes, and I actually, you know what I'm saying, have high blood pressure. So it was more of a health conscious thing, being that I cook so much going on the shelf and having toner saturates that was like high in sodium and all the other different brands. So I was like, well, you know what, I'm gonna just make my own. And instead of using black pepper, I use white pepper. Is white pepper? Yeah. It's more expensive, but I use white pepper instead of black pepper. Cayenne pepper, garlic powder, onion powder. My shit is like 2% salt. That's like the lowest on the, you know what I'm saying? It's not on the shelf, but if I was to ever get a major distributor, it would be the lowest on the shelf as far as sodium content. It's like just only 2% when everybody else is like 13%, 14 17 18 You know what I'm saying? One of the lowest ones is a brand called Nunu's, and I think they had like, 13%, maybe 12 so I'm lower than them. But like I said, man, that, uh, my cooking thing, I got a good eye for fashion, but I didn't want to get into that until I really, you know what I'm saying, sell myself up into the music industry. Like, I want to do all kinds of shit, man. But you know what I'm saying? I feel like music going to set the platform first, so I don't like to count my chickens for the head, so I'd rather, you know what I'm saying? And then the opportunities will come to me, like once I'm, somebody, you know what I'm saying, or a notable person, like opportunities that come to meet people just be like, hey, because I love champagne as well too. Like I only drink champagne, I don't drink no hard liquor. You know what I'm saying? So I would like my own, you know what I'm saying, champagne one day or my own wine, you know what I'm saying, one day. And I feel like once I get up there, you know what I'm saying, that people notice that I drink champagne a lot by looking at my page and following me, like somebody would come up to me and be like, hey, you want your own champagne? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I like champagne myself. A good, relaxing Friday night is not 
popping bottles in the club, drinking. We're drinking, but you could buy at the liquor store for a fraction of that. But it's not by the liquor store. Get you a nice bottle of Andre champagne with a little orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink orange juice. You don't? Nah. Because Acid reflex type of shit. So you drink so mimosas, yeah, I just drink champagne, like, you know, a cup of some ice. See, I can't do that. Smoking a big blunt and <laughs> chilling, man, you know what I'm saying? Acid. You were saying something. You were getting ready to say something else. Uh, I don't know. Accents. When I went to New Orleans back in 2014, covering All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. I was telling everybody, "Okay, baby, bye, baby." Buddy. Why is it? Uh, I feel like there are two accents that are appealing: an actual French accent and a Louisiana or New Orleans accent. What makes y'all accent better than everybody else's? I really don't know. <laughs> I always wanted to know that myself. Right. Cause like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got put out of school and my mama made me go live with my sister in Dallas and it was like I didn't actually hear the accent until I moved away and when I would talk to people back home and I'm like, damn, we really have a strong motherfucking dialect, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you don't hear it talking amongst each other every day. It was when I moved away and called home and like Let's say people would make it noticeable to you. Like, we say, yeah, after everything. Like, how when Juvenile came, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, me can mind, yeah, me can tend to the time, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But we don't know we say, yeah, after everything. Like, I could be like, I'm going to the store, yeah, oh, I'm tired, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And people would be like, why you say, yeah, after everything? And you'll be like, huh? They'll be like, yeah, why you say, yeah, everything? And I'll be like, I ain't know, I, I ain't know that I'm saying, yeah, after everything. I will be like, me, you know what I'm saying? I'm hungry, me. I'm tired, me. I'm ready to go to sleep, me. I'm going to the store, me. It's like we'll just put words where they don't supposed to go. And I really don't know why. I really, this is what I really think. Like I told you about how I feel Louisiana is like a third world country. Yeah. I really feel like it just comes from, English is not our first language. Our first language is Creole broken French. And we were taught to speak English. So we speak a broken English, and that's why I feel like Louisiana has an accent that everybody likes more than other people, but it's also like a Jamaican accent and an Asian accent because their accent is liked upon the world more than any other accent, a New York accent, a Cali accent. So I feel like it just stems from that, like, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't pronounce, like, notice right now, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really see T-I-N-G, Every day, like, yeah, ting. Like, that's what we say. You know what I'm saying? Because we speak a broken English. You know what I'm saying? And the way it's being broadcast now, like future, that's all you say, like bad things and the way Drake said. And you know what I'm saying? But we really talk like that. Where we from? Like you know what I'm saying? Like my mama and my papa, which is our grandparents. That's what we call them. They don't speak like they don't speak English. My mama was taught to speak English. My grandparents wasn't taught to speak English. They never been to school. Like none of my grandparents on each of my side of my family ever even been to kindergarten. Wow. Don't know how to read, don't know how to write. Like nothing. And it fucks me up to this day because what I be telling people is like, that ain't my ancestors' ancestors, and like great, great, greats. That's my mama, mama, or my daddy, mama, or my daddy, daddy that never went to school because they had to work like straight out the womb and they got old enough, they had to go share crap in the fields and take care of the white people, like, you know what I'm saying, be nannies. The women would be nannies and take care of, you know what I'm saying, them. 
and then the men will go work in the fields, like, you know what I'm saying? And they all spoke French and Creole. I think um, when you talk about, you know, when you moved to Dallas, um, I grew up here. I split time between northern New Jersey and New York, Harlem, Bronx, etc. I went to school in the Philly area. Philly maybe an hour and a half away from here, but their language, they say, I don't know if you've been to Philly, they, nah. they catch me like John, Yamin, the bull, uh, bull's like the boy, the dude, yeah. and John is everything. Like, we sitting in the John right now doing this John. What we doing? We sit in the hotel room doing this interview. But then when they hear my accent, everybody's like, yo, son, yeah. hey, yo, B. Yeah, I didn't realize, because I'm just being me, I didn't realize until I went to Pennsylvania, that I speak like home, like yeah. you, like. But growing up, everybody saw Diddy videos. Everybody saw Jay Z, Rockefeller. They wanted to talk like us. Yeah. So it's like when you talk about. So now that I recognize accents, you know, when I went away to school, now when I travel other places, like that's the first thing I pick up on. Or I'll be like, Yo, he from like me. He's a Philly dude. Or Cassidy, he's a Philly dude. But they got New York influence, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Meek got people up north saying John. Um, so, I, you know, when I went to visit Louisiana, I'm just fascinated. Like, my first exposure to Louisiana accent was watching Ninja Turtles. And the, 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 uh, the Gator dude, I can't think of his name, but he, he, had a, he had a Louisiana accent. He, and then watching X-Men, listening to Gambit. On X-Men, he used to call the girl Mona Me. Mona Me. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, y'all do seem like another country. It is. But, like, one thing I used to hate, like, when people used to be like, son, like, back home uh -huh. in Louisiana, I used to hate when people say, son. Because I'd be like, man, you're not from New York, man. Why are you saying <laughs> that shit, like? But now it's just so man and the kids and, and everybody Sunday, 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 Sunday. I'm like, man, stop. Like y'all not from New York, like you know what I'm saying? That's this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like and it's just like people from Cali, how they would say Hella and Hecka, it would be like, Man, why you keep saying that shit? Like we never really would embrace it like how they would embrace like a girl. I ain't never heard a female say, Ooh, I just love the way a New York nigga talk. You Ooh, never I heard a female say that? Bro. Like what? ever. I never heard nobody, I never heard a Louisiana girl say they love the way a Texas nigga talk or a Miami nigga or a Cali nigga. Like, I never heard that. But I've always heard other women say they love the way a Louisiana nigga talk. Yeah. You feel me? Like, I never heard no girl from Louisiana. I'm like, oh, I just love the way a New York nigga talk. And that's crazy because when I'm in Philly or if I'm somewhere else on the East Coast, they all love the way somebody from New York talk. Yeah. Um, but then... You know, when you come, go to another city, they're going to naturally be drawn to you because nah. it's something different they ain't never heard. Nah. I, um, I actually like the way New York girls talk. I ain't going to say I like the way New York niggas talk. <laughs> I just, like when I was, I was in Miami, you know what I'm saying? We used to always go to Memorial Weekend every weekend, but like all them females would just be like, I met one female that was from uh, Yonkers, I want to say. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, call me. Like just the way they say call, they yeah. say call me. And I'd be like, man, I like this shit. I like how that fucking shit sound. And, and Yonkers is uh, Yonkers is different because Yonkers is further uptown. It's out the city. They have a slur in the way that they talk. Harlem is smooth. Bronx is very, that's very hard. Brooklyn, they talk with their neck. 
Manhattan, you know, Harlem is part of Manhattan, but that's further up top. Manhattan, you could, you could, you know, Manhattan is like being in Louisiana. So Orleans. you could tell which borough somebody from just by the way they open their I mind. can. Yeah. I can. <clears throat> and then Queens is, is, a, is, a, is a, there's a sophistication to it. I mean, they say that the prettiest girls come from Queens. Um, but, 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 and even in Philly, I can tell a difference in somebody's style. Whether they from West Philly, or they from North Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you know you like Jim Jones. Is, I grew up seeing that. That's a Harlem dude doing through all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Diddy Harlem, but he's also from Westchester. Uh, Yonkers is in Westchester. He moved to uh, I think he, he lived in Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon was is next to uh, is next to Yonkers. So there's a there's a there's a swag to him. But then somebody like Jay Z different because he's a Brooklyn dude with a Manhattan swag. So he's a he's that's the difference, you know what I'm saying? But I can tell a person's accent and, and, and figure out where they're from just by hearing them talk, for sure. I always did like you know what I'm saying. I never did really. I ain't gonna see. I don't want to see care for like up north music. But the, the the time that I did start liking up north music was the Dipset days, like, you know what I'm saying, because I feel like the way they was rapping was different, like, it was more swagging, it was more just the way they dressed, like, you know what I'm saying, I could have, like, we could have fucked with that down south, like, you know what I'm saying, like, all the other ones that was just lyric and just hard and just dressed with, like, just not too much caring what they put on, like, nigga ain't really fuck with that. They, I've often heard it said, Dipset is the modern day Wu-Tang. Because they had their own swag and people respected it, and it was—it wasn't just lyrics. They had—they were a mix of style and substance. They had the yeah. lyrics, but the way they dressed—you know, K-Ron coming out in pink, yeah. Jimmy wearing lime green that was suits. Fresh, man. Yeah, and their beats was better because they used the heat makers and the runners. Yeah, it, it was—it was something you ain't never heard. Yeah, their beats was way better, man. But I also think they were ahead of their time and I also think they bumped heads with Jay and they were a threat yeah. because Cameron had his own before he's on the rock film and Jimmy was just Jimmy like Jimmy people knew Jimmy before he was you know he was a hype man yeah. like people don't remember like Jimmy if you remember that song Horse and Carriage with Cameron yeah Horse I remember Remember when Cam said, and when, when it comes to Jimmy, my name's me too. Like, Jimmy was Jimmy was in the videos way before. Yeah. Baby girl, you trying to be down with the dips. He was around a long time. But them guys, those guys were ahead of their time. And it's crazy that years later, people still yeah. respect they, they G. I like them niggas, man. I like Fab too. He has growth. His growth is what's impressive. If you think about it, like, he started out rocking the Mitchell and Ness jerseys uh-huh. and then chill and came back and still getting bookends and still got that same he in his own lane. Uh-huh. I feel like he's in his own lane the same way Jada was ten years ago. Jada Kiss. I mean if you notice like, you know what I'm saying, people from the South whoever did music with niggas from the East Coast, it was always like the Fabs and the Jada Kisses and the you know what I'm saying? The Camerons and you know what I'm saying? The French Montanas, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the niggas that who had that up top wordplay, you know what I'm saying? But they still had that, that swag and they could ride like some nice beats that we can listen to. 
it wasn't just that hard lyric shit that you know what I'm saying that was way over our head because everything was bass and shit and candy paint and you know what I'm saying like that's how we was coming up you know what I'm saying so it's like if you really wasn't on no jamming beat and wasn't swagging like we really wasn't listening to you like, you know no matter how lyrical you was like we ain't want to hear that shit real talk like we ain't want it because you would just be over our head I'm on handlebars I'm on Percocets I'm on Lean, I'm on weed, like you know what I'm saying. You think I want to hear a nigga be talking about some, some real shit? Like you know what I'm saying. To be honest with you, we wanted to hear the Gucci mans and the Cash Money's and the, you know what I'm saying, the trap shit where niggas was just talking ignorant. Like we ain't give a fuck about this shit. Cause you was just riding on the beat while you was rolling. Yeah, man. It, it, I think um, when I was in school in Pennsylvania, um, the only song by Gucci I really like. So icy. Yeah. That song is a Friday night jam, just chilling, playing PlayStation. Yeah. It, it's it, and the video was dope when he had the white in the background. Give me Gucci man. Yeah. Like that, that Gucci was the truth. Is the truth. Yeah, I like Gucci. Yes, uh, Before I turn off the recorder, what's next? I mean, um. We got so much of a big response with this CD right here. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? My team kind of, they want to push it and continue to push it, but I want to come out with something else. I, I just want to, like, I feel like they're just doing, you know what I'm saying? The shit right now just being consistent and just dropping music, like, probably every two months or every three months, but they kind of want to ride the, the CD out and really service it and really put it out there, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, we gonna see right now. We just working on, you know, what I'm saying letters from the head, shoot more visuals to the actual CD. But I'm in the studio, like I already got a whole CD with Zaytoven recorded already. I got my next mixtape, you know, what I'm saying it ain't easy being cheesy recorded already. I got probably like sixty other songs that I could make five more mixtapes already done. Like you know, what I'm saying like I feel like I'm a workaholic, but I don't know, man. I just don't feel like. I don't know, it's kind of hard like to see, you know what I'm saying? Because the nigga never really had a formula and the way to service them right, like, you know what I'm saying? So they be like, man, damn, you giving away too much good music. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's push one CD for six, seven months, nine months, and then drop another one. But I feel like people nowadays, in this day and age, attention span is so small. It's like, why would you wait damn near a year to drop another one? Like, why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people that, like, the people ain't putting no weight around for you, man. Like, people just jump on somebody else, the new next nigga. So I feel like, man, the more you drop, the more people will be, like, topic of discussion in barbershops or hair salons or schools or, you know what I'm saying, dice games or whatever. Like, man, that nigga Wuchi going ham. He just dropped one last month. He got another one. You know what I'm saying? Or, damn, next month he got another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that's the right approach or the wrong approach, but I just feel like, Consistency never feel nobody, ever. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I always did like about that Atlanta movement. Like they never did police day shelves and they never did just letting music just sit in their laptop or on their hard drives. They just always just flooded the industry. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you'll create more shows, you'll create more show money by dropping so much music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're giving it away for free on live mixtapes, that piffs, you know what I'm saying? Spin really and all that, but you one of the hottest niggas in the street because that's all you're doing is dropping shit and you stay getting booked. 
and you get blog placements and retweets and likes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you stay on the people's tongue. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just always a recurrent thing. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just doing the old formula, just pushing one CD for nine months to a year. It's like, that's boring to me. Because I want to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to go promote this CD too, but shit, let's drop another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Fuck you. What is it going to hurt? But like I said, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't have all the answers. I don't know if it would hurt me or help me, but I know consistency never fail nobody. You know what I'm saying? Just me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 